Well, if you were listening to the show yesterday and you were paying any sort of attention to the back half of the show, you know what today is reserved for. You know what's happening this hour. By God, for the next hour, it is Joe John Finley Positivity Hour. You didn't ask for it, but hey, we're continuing the celebration on for an additional day. Parker wanted Joe John Finley Positivity Hour, so that's what we're going to do today, amongst other things. Shall we, shall we get the Positivity Hour started? Great hair while at Oklahoma. That is true. Had a mop while at OU. That is but true. Great, great hair for a tight end. I think he, he rolls with the buzz cut now. Yeah. But yes, in, in his, his time in Oklahoma, <laughs> quite the flowing mane. Number 19. He's got a good beard these days when he yeah. chooses to grow it. Number 19, correct, while he was at OU. Um, I don't know who the first player you guys think of when you think of number 19 in OU football history. Uh, but Joe John Finley is certain, uh, certainly one of the first that I think of. Another thing, positivity. I don't know if you heard, but he got a 2025 five-star, a 2024 four-star tight end over the weekend. And tight end depth is an interesting thing, isn't it? You know, you look at OU at tight end this year and you say, well, as long as Stogner stays healthy, they're going to be okay. They're going to be fine. But if something happens to Stogner, oh boy, OU could be in trouble. If you get Devon Mitchell and he's legit in year one, you know, you don't necessarily need four or five players at that position. If you can just have Devon Mitchell for the next three years and a pretty quality backup behind him, then you're kind of set at that position. All that to say, with the addition of Devon Mitchell and if he signs on signing day, OU's in a real good spot moving forward here at tight end. That they are. Let's go to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line to get Joe John Finley positivity hour off on the right foot. Grill boy himself, Travis Davidson, points out, Joe John has twice as many first names as most other people. Great point. Joe and John, he's got them both. Brian in Tulsa says, Joe John stayed. He will always be a Sooner favorite. There you go. Yes, not one of those defectors that took off with Mule Shoe in the dead of night. Uh, Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, Joe John was rumored to have saved 45 children from, from a burning bus. I, I heard it was 54. You're hearing 45, Sugar Shane? We might have a little yeah, bit of dyslexia I, Well, going I, I think the newest report is it was 54 from a burning bus. Yeah, that's the newest report anyway. Uh, Zane and Tyler from Kellyville both said Eric Stryker owns number well, nine. And I agree so. with that. That's why I said uh, Joe John's one of the first players I think of when I think of number 19. Yeah, Stryker owns that one. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, to your point on Devon Mitchell, he's one of those prospects where as long as you have a capable backup somewhere along the line and the Sooners may – you know, that may be Ivan Carrion. Maybe Ivan sure. Carrion becomes your second tight end. Uh, maybe with Caden Helms and Jason Llewellyn both having red shirt. Well, I guess no, only Helms red shirt. But with both those guys having eligibility left, and you know they're they're good players. Devon Mitchell's in a league of his own at that position. So when his time comes, whether that is immediately or in the future, all you got to do is really snag one more guy, or maybe a couple guys in twenty twenty five, one more guy in twenty twenty four, or just turn Ivan Carrion into a tight end, and you can feel good about the tight end position given your current depth plus Devon Mitchell for years into the future. Yeah, and um, the SEC has been a a tight end. I mean, look at Georgia right now with what they have and what they've had at tight end. Man, no one's been better at tight end than the Georgia Bulldogs the past what three years in college football. Though Michigan's been pretty good 
Alabama, I think of O.J. Howard when they had him, and I think he caught, a, what, two touchdowns and a national championship win over Clemson. So you look at the top two programs in the SEC, both of those two programs have been churning out big-time tight ends, and I don't think anyone doubts the power of a big-time tight end around here. Everyone saw Mark Andrews in 2017 and what he did, but yeah, the, the big-time programs right now, they have one, maybe even two tight ends that can really play. So it's... Uh, be nice to have that for the next three to four years. And I, I truly believe that if you can pair Devon Mitchell down the line with Caden Helms or Ivan Carrion, both of whom are more stretch the field plus speed type of players at the tight end position, then you could have one of the most effective, if not the most effective, two tight end offense in the country. And with the versatility that Helms and Carrion bring to the table, you can afford to split an extra tight end out wide where you would typically have a wide receiver and not be given up any field-stretching capacity. 405, I once saw Joe John dunk a basketball flat-footed while eating a sandwich and checking his phone. (laughs) I'm not here to doubt that story one bit, okay? I'm not going to challenge that story whatsoever. I'm going to believe that it is true. Uh, The Recruiting Doomer says, Joe John saved my cat from a tree once. Again, another story that I'm not going to challenge. Though I do expect The Recruiting Doomer to say something nice about Joe John followed immediately by uh, how Todd Bates couldn't save that cat from, uh, from the tree in his front yard. You know, I'll be waiting around for that one. Glenn from Nashville says, I lived in Arlington, Texas, when Joe John was in high school at Arlington High. He was routinely the best athlete on the field in high school. Played quarterback, free safety, and punted. Great athlete. Joe John Cinnabon, don't care, five-star tight end baby, says a texter in the 580. Robert and Harris says Utah has good tight ends too. Yeah, Lincoln Riley could attest to how good the tight ends are in Utah. <laughs> Dalton Kincaid had like 28 catches in that uh, regular season game that they played in uh, Salt Lake last year. Yeah, Utah's got some good tight ends as well. Yes, um, it's Joe John Finley, positivity hour. We'll continue on with that, but come on. we got to get to the main story here. It's Taylor Tatum, five-star running back, number one running back, announcing between OU and USC on July 21st. Now, this dropped about 21 hours ago, and you and I haven't talked about it since then. But I'm going to tell you initially what my reaction was in the moment, and you tell me if you agree, disagree, how you feel about it. Once I saw that drop yesterday, and I saw that one, Parker, there was a decision date, Two, it was in the month of July, and coming up here pretty quick, what, a week from Friday, I only took that as good signs for OU. The fact that the decision is coming in July, that it's coming as soon as it is, I I think there's been a a bunch of reasons to feel good about OU, but that was another one where I said, okay, yeah, I'll continue to feel good about this one because of the date and the decision drop and all that. And we talked about, like, if you get out of July without a decision from Taylor Tatum, that's about the point at which you start to feel uneasy if you're OU because from where you stand, it's like, okay, we got all this momentum. Where did it all go? Why has everything hit a flat line? Why are we still waiting? But the fact that we're now just a week and a half out from a decision from Taylor Tatum very strongly lends the impression that OU has been able to sustain the momentum and will be able to hang on and get his commitment when the time comes on July 21st. Uh, that's a five-star running back, Ty. Like, I, just, yes. I, I know it's a very simple observation, but let's not lose sight of that. That's a five-star running back. And you know what? Like, DeMarco has, I, I think, DeMarco's done a fantastic job recruiting and developing running backs since he's got here. Now, 
During COVID, it was a little bit more difficult for him to have the full DeMarco Murray effect because he couldn't be necessarily face-to-face in, in front of recruits. But now that he can, you're, you're seeing the real influence that he has on the recruiting trail. But for the few, very, very few DeMarco Murray doubters that were still out there, the question was, well, okay, two four-star running backs, when is he going to land the elite dude? When is DeMarco Murray going to go out there and land a five-star back, the number one running back in the country? When's DeMarco Murray going to go out there and get a running back to the caliber that Joe Mixon was coming out of California? Well, here you go. I mean, this and more right here, right? Taylor Tatum is everything that I think even the the doubters have been asking for at running back. Number one running back, five-star. I mean, that's this is what you've been waiting on. You pair him up with Taylor um, with uh, Caden Durham potentially. That's the best one-two duo uh, running back you've gotten in recruiting in a while. Do you have to go back to Joe Mixon for the last time Oklahoma signed a five-star running back? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think that was I so think that ten was years. The last time. I mean, Kennedy, a whole decade. Kennedy Brooks was a four. You signed a bunch of four stars. Yeah, a whole bunch. Kennedy Brooks was a four-star. Uh, I think Mixon was the last five-star. Yeah, and maybe the last before Mixon. Maybe Jeremy Calhoun is is what you're talking about there potentially, uh, may, maybe someone else that I'm I'm totally forgetting about. I guess Demarco would have been a five star coming out of Bishop Gorman, correct? The the guy that it, it could be close to landing a five star was a five star himself, I believe, coming out of Bishop Gorman. But yes. Uh, by the way, Travis Davidson has chimed in once again on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And mention, I know this is Joe John Finley positivity hour, but he just lost a commitment an oh, hour ago. Yes, oh. folks. Unfortunately, <laughs> per his Twitter, Baby Gronk has decommitted Yay! from Oklahoma. All right. This is better news than Devon Mitchell committing on Saturday. <laughs> yes. Go away. Kid, I, I don't want to dislike you because it's really not your fault. I'm just going to choose to dislike your dad. Baby Gronk dad is the real loser here. That's who we should really root against. But good. Opens up a spot in, what, the 2035 recruiting class now uh, that uh, Baby Gronk has, has decommitted from OU? That's only good news now. Only good news. Um, okay, so I think we all feel good about Taylor Tatum committing on July 21st. What's, what's the one worry that we should have here? Is it just NIL? Is it Lincoln yeah, Riley I mean, just yeah, throwing it all thing. out and saying, we really want this running back? It's an OU-USC battle. You know he doesn't want to lose that, by the way. That's what I would say if they just get crazy with NIL here down the stretch. USC's only play at this point is NIL. Right, I mean, let's consider all the factors at play here. Baseball, OU wins in that department. Proximity, OU certainly wins in that department. Family's preference, OU has the family's preference. So, I mean, relationships... Relationships are stronger at OU than they are at USC. The prestige of the running back coach, obviously oh, OU yeah, wins that sure. one. So USC's only play here is simply to say, hey, Taylor Tatum, come take some money and come play out here on the West Coast. And I could be totally wrong about that. Like, I'm sure Taylor Tatum is going to get some NIL money for OU. I don't, I don't think he's coming here for free or anything like that. But... I mean, a decision has already been made, at least of when he's going to announce. I, I, I got to think, Parker, that an offer has already been made from both sides. Like It is the one holdout here, I guess. It's the one thing that you're worried about. I, I guess I'm just going to choose not to be overly panicked or really all that worried 
about what USC might throw Taylor Tatum's way before July 21st. I think the decision date is set and pretty much the decision is already made, and I think that decision's going to stick, regardless if USC ups the offer or not. I think OU's in really good shape here. No, I agree, man, and I think there's – and we we kind of touched on it yesterday as well, though. There's the opportunity for Oklahoma to build a ton of momentum over the next few weeks on the recruiting. July trail. could be good, man. July could be a huge month. And uh, you, you, we mentioned Williams and Winery's commitment date yesterday, August first. Uh, that would be the one year anniversary of Colton Vosick's commitment to OU. So hopefully, there's no bad juju there. But. We can basically loop August 1st in with the month of July, Yep, right, can't we? I'm fine with it. Yeah, so the month of July plus August 1st, if you prefer, especially if you cap it off with the addition of Williams-Noinary, this could be one of the most memorable months of recruiting for Oklahoma in a long, long time. If you get a five-star running back, a five-star tight end, and a five-star defensive lineman in the span of 30 days. Uh, Brian in Tulsa says, Baby Gronk decommitting is still on the positivity hour. Joe John is on fire. Uh, yes. Uh, maybe Muleshoe will have O.J. Simpson talk to Taylor Tatum, says Frisco sooner. Boy, that'd be an interesting recruiting tactic down the stretch. O.J., come on, get on it. Send out a Twitter video to uh, mention Taylor Tatum there. There's no telling with old Muleshoe the tricks that he might try to pull here going down the stretch. Fortunately, um, don't think it's going to work. 405-651-3439 is the Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet text line. A lot more on Taylor Tatum, more on williams Winery, and a whole lot of OU crewing coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. All right, locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we are the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. Ref Army, what up? Listen to Nationwide. Fargo, North Dakota is tuned in today. Charlotte, North Carolina. Miami, Florida. Garden Grove, California. Fishers, Indiana. Springfield, Missouri. Raleigh, North Carolina. Salisaw, Oklahoma. I'm going with our small town of the day. Not sure if that meets the uh, small town criteria or not. I've never been to Salisaw before, but um, we'll just we'll just give it to him anyway. Is it uh, Salisaw is where Matt Wells is from, isn't it? Uh, that sounds correct. That sounds right. So Salisaw. Let Oklahoma. me go ahead and check on that. Welcome, welcome to the show. We we may have to uh, search for a new one here in two minutes, but at least for now, Salisaw, Oklahoma, your Oklahoma small town of the day. Did you find it? Are you just you, under nine thousand? Oh yes. The threshold. Okay. All right. Good deal. Uh, KREF Army Locator brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street. Much more than furniture consignment, K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. Text line is going crazy about the uh, Braden Platt recruitments, four-star linebacker out of the state of Washington, down to OU in Oregon and announcing on September 4th, chances OU lands him. I mean, okay, so now we know it's OU and Oregon down to the final two here. Be a big-time get-it-backer. It would be a big-time get-it-backer, and I – look, between OU and Oregon, I'll be quite honest, I don't know. And I don't think you have to know at this point. I think if you're Oklahoma, a little less than two months out from Braden Platt's commitment date, what you are banking on right now and what you are prioritizing 
is your targets that you have a pretty good idea are going to decide by the end of July or at the very least by mid-August, right? If you can build as much momentum as we have talked about Oklahoma being able to build up with commitments from guys like Taylor Tatum and Williams Nwaneri and potentially David Stone and Zion Raggins and Michael Patterson McDonald, et cetera, if you can get all those guys locked in over the next three, four weeks, then you can take basically the whole month of August – to lock in on Braden Platt and go, hey, look, man, come jump on board with this defensive class that includes all of these elite players, but that has a very conspicuous opening at linebacker for a guy like you to come in and start. Sure. It's uh, it's already been a nice July. We expect an even better July moving forward, and that's going to be the case for a lot of college football programs. How do I know that? Because 24-7 sports told me that today, and and this was interesting, man. So more and more college football recruits are committing in June and in early July. There has been a 66% increase in commitments per Power 5 team over that span, like June 1st through July 4th, um, like a 66% increase from June 1st, July 4th, 2021 through now. So the past, what, two years in recruiting, we've seen a massive increase in prospects committing in June and early July. And that July 4th uh, day for commitments has become a big day, a very big day. It certainly has. And I think what you can chalk that up to, that trend that you just hit on there, Tyler, what you can chalk that up to most reliably is the transfer portal and how prevalent it has become, not just for players that lose a coach or players that – spend it several years at an institution and don't necessarily crack anything more than rotational. No, it's come to the point where if you don't like the NIL deal you have at whatever school you're at, or if you're a quarterback, you go spend a year somewhere and don't have an immediate path to playing time thereafter. A lot of guys aren't going to waste any more time. A lot of guys are going to hit the portal. And that's why you see literally thousands of college football players in the portal right now with nowhere to go. Really, because there will always be more portal denizens than there will be takers. But the portal has become so rife with with bodies, with yep. masses, the last couple of cycles, that there's really no situation in which a program has to scrounge up additional depth they can always just go to the transfer portal at whatever position of need they have so for recruits it has a trickle-down effect because if you've got a school that you're comfortable with and you feel like you fit there and that's where you want to be you don't want to waste any time locking down your spot because there may come a point at which that spot no longer exists for you because that that coaching staff can always go to the portal and pick up whatever they need Knippel Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. This is interesting. I had not seen this. Word on the street, says Stephen Edmond, is that Coach Kalani Sataki is interested in the Northwestern job, and the feeling is mutual with Northwestern. This could make the BYU trip much more enjoyable. I have not heard or had not heard any Kalani Sataki Northwestern interest. Now, he, he played at BYU. Kalani Sataki played at BYU. Now, he wouldn't be the first coach to leave there. Um, what Bronco Mendenhall did just that to go coach Virginia, what, seven, eight years ago, however long it was. That would be quite interesting, though, if that's real. And Kalani Sataki says, 
yeah, BYU just got into a power conference for the first time ever, but I'm going to go leave for a job like Northwestern that has been traditionally very difficult to win in in the Big Ten. Like, pay-wise, it might make sense, but competitively, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to me for Sataki to leave BYU for Northwestern. And I don't think, and I want to add a, a caveat here, I don't think that job is very attractive right now at this precise moment. Now, that could change a week from now. But right now, as things stand in the immediate aftermath of Pat Fitzgerald's firing, there are a lot of people within that Northwestern administration and within the donor and booster circle that are infighting, for lack of a better word. There's a ton of dissension because Pat Fitzgerald had been there for 17 years. He had his loyalists. He had his devotees. And it has caused... A lot of chaos amongst many of the financial backers behind the new facilities that are coming to Northwest. They want to stop that. They, they want to stop that amidst all this going on. So, and, and I think their roster is not it's not in a very good shape right now. I mean, they won one game last year. They were one and eleven. Of course, their roster. <laughs> and is who not was in that good one shape. win against? The Nebraska Cornhuskers back in uh, back in August. Oh boy, come on, Scott Frost, what you doing, dude? What is Scott Frost doing now? I don't know. Maybe he maybe he'll be in the running for the Northwestern job. Maybe. 405 Salisaw, also the home of Steve Davis, former OU quarterback of the 74-75 championship seasons. Yep. Yes. Uh Brian and Tulsa, what are y'all looking forward to the next two days as we kick off Big Twelve Media Days? To see if Mike Gundy throws a shot at both uh, OU and Texas tomorrow. That's what I'm uh, that's what I'm interested in. But is there really any major OU storylines? Like, we're going to get a Thad turnip seed question, I'm sure. That'll be interesting. But is there really anything super pressing with OU that we need to be watching out for on Thursday or that we're really excited about hearing? No. I Listen, Big 12 Media Days, as far as the coaches' press conferences are concerned, are generally pretty dry. Unless, you know, you're talking about Mike Gundy, in which case nothing is ever dry. But I just I, I remember with Brent Venables last year, and you get this kind of thing at Big Twelve Media Days. Reporters from other beats, sometimes inexperienced reporters from other beats, asking other head coaches questions that they have already answered a thousand times over. Like I remember Brent Venables getting asked by some I think it was some West Virginia reporter last year. So why was it that you chose to take the Oklahoma job? Like, are we, are we seriously doing this in July? Well, like, are you talking about the breakout sessions? Or are you talking about... No, like, the 30-minute segment where it's they're on in TV. Front of every, yes. That was a local Oklahoma City sports radio guy. And it had already been answered for, like, you know... Because at that time, you knew that you were only going to get, like, four or five questions from Brent Venables. He's not as long-winded as he used to be, by the way. I, I don't know if you or anyone else has noticed that. Yeah. It's trimmed down a little bit, but we knew at that time a year ago, all right, we're only going to get like three, four, maybe five questions into Brent. Then you had some local guy. Uh, why'd you decide to come to Oklahoma? Dude, that's already been asked like 500 times now. Are you serious? Yeah, and I think it was it, it was, was like, one of four questions yes. that Brent yeah. Venables answered that day in that session. It was like, are, are we? And of course, Brent, being the congenial human being that he is, took that very <laughs> obvious, very low IQ question that he had already answered dozens of times over, and he turned it into a nice little spiel about everything that Oklahoma had going for it, how excited he was about the team, about his captains, about the next generation. And so it yielded some good sound bites, but it was just like, seriously? Yeah. Like, 
of all the questions we could be answer, we could be asking to the head football coach at the University of Oklahoma in this brief thirty minute window. Especially if you're a local guy too. Like, we're going to ask man. him for the eighty sixth time. Why did you take the Oklahoma job? Chris in Choctaw says, with Georgia having five defensive line commits recently, Joseph Jonah Ajonye, does that help with OU landing Williams Winery, or is it just Georgia and it doesn't matter? I don't, I don't think that that matters, man. Look, if there's if there's positions where you want to stockpile talents and you're okay with taking multiple elite bodies, defensive line is at the top of the list there. Georgia could have seven defensive line commits. No one's going to say no to the number one player at his, the number one overall player according to on three. So there there are certain players in each class, and I think Terry Bussey is that for OU wide receivers. But there's certain players to where no matter how full you are, there's always a spot for you. That's not the case for everyone, but there's always that five star that okay we're pretty full up here. Other guys, we have said, sorry, there's no spots here, but this guy's so good, we'll keep a spot open. Williams Winery is that for Oklahoma, he's that for Georgia, he's that for everybody. There is not a school in the country right now that would not accept Williams and Winery's commitment right now if he picked up the phone and said, hey, I want to come to your school. All 131 FBS institutions, and obviously every single school at a lower level, We'll be like, okay, come on. It doesn't matter what we got to do to make it happen. Let's We'll make it happen on our end. Yes, you got a spot. We're taking you. Kyle from Shawnee says Keith Ford was a five-star in 2020, or 2013 class. Look how that turned out. So what are you saying, Kyle, that um, uh, we shouldn't be excited about Taylor Tatum because Keith Ford ended up transferring to Texas A&M? Keith Ford ended this up is, having a really good last year at Texas A&M. This is how really I'm going to tease it when Taylor Tatum commits to Oklahoma on July 21st. I'm going to put it out there on Twitter. Taylor Tatum. The next Keith Ford? <laughs> uh, boy, you'll be invited on uh, the Cowherd and the Fine Bomb Show if you uh, put out something like that with that type of headline. Are you kidding me? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll definitely get you on both of those shows. Uh, Joe, John, uh, Joe John Finley Positivity Hour, by the way. It's what we're doing today. From the 918, Joe John Finley once killed a bear with his bare hands then gave the bear an olipop to bring it back to life and walked away like nothing happened. Wow. How about that? Killed a bear with his bare hands, then gave the bear an olipop to bring it back to life. You need to reenact, reenact that as a commercial. Really do. There's, there's, their next, uh, there's their next marketing strategy right there with Joe John Finley. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, speaking of williams Winery, is it August 1st for his decision date? And what about the other five-star defensive linemen? Are we hearing anything on the timeline with David Stone? We'll hit that more coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the Homeless Center fans. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Well, he's got some good ones. Was it the movie Hacksaw Ridge based on Joe John's life? That's from Missouri Center. <laughs> uh, Stogner can slam a revolving door shut, says Suter Shoulder. Did you mean did you mean Joe John or did you mean Stogner? Whichever one is is fine. I'm just I'm just making sure since it is uh, Joe John Finley Positivity Hour today. On, uh, on, on Locked In. Uh, okay, here's what Williams Winery recently said, quote, I feel like I'm on the back end of the process, wrapping it up. 
I really have a good idea of what I want to do, but I'm just not ready to go public with it yet. Really? Hmm. Imagine that. Does that uh, does that quote do anything for you in terms of? Well, I think it's obvious he's close to announcing, but does it mean anything at all to if the decision right now is OU or not? I I have had the same opinion of this recruitment for quite a while. That opinion has really never wavered. Yes, I believe Oklahoma has been where Williams Nwaneri has had his eye on committing for quite some time. As long as there are no 11th hour shenanigans, I believe Oklahoma should be the decision on August 1st. And I think when he's talking about knowing what he wants and knowing where he wants to go and just getting ready to go public with it on his own timeline, I I have it on good authority, Tyler. The school he's talking about is Oklahoma. Well, I mean, there's five logos listed here, and it's what we talked about yesterday is OU has always been – the constant in this recruitment. I see a Tennessee logo here. Well, I remember a time when it was, well, is it OU or Tennessee? Tennessee may be in the lead here. Tennessee's not even in the top three right now. I see a Missouri logo. Missouri is in the top three, but I've heard, well, OU Missouri, OU Missouri, and then it was OU in Georgia, and then, well, maybe it's Oregon. I, it, it's always been OU and someone else, yep. which doesn't always tell the story. 11th hour shenanigans can happen. We saw it last year. We're still bitten from it a little bit, but OU's been the constant here, and more times than not, that does tell the story in a recruitment. Everybody else has only ever been the flavor of the month at best. Yes. Oklahoma has always been there. Always been in the Peloton, co-leader, I would say for the last four or five months, the leader. So yes, if you're if you're gauging what makes sense in this Williams and Win area recruitment. And you have an understanding, because I'll tell you this much, the kid's trying to throw people off the scent, as most five stars are apt to do, right? And so if you're trying to throw people off the scent, doing the whole flavor of the month thing with Tennessee and Georgia and Oregon and even Missouri makes a lot of sense, right? Because if you're trying to throw people off the scent and you want it to be believable, like you want it to make sense for XYZ school to be making a push for Williams Nwaneri. Why not pick two schools that play the NIL game very heavily in Tennessee and Oregon and the back-to-back defending national champions in Georgia? Yeah, and the hometown team, I guess, in, in Missouri. Yes. You want to do that. All of it makes perfect sense, and you know what else makes perfect sense? Williams Nwaneri favoring Oklahoma over every other school in his recruitment. Yeah. For a variety of reasons. Uh, people want to know about David Stone's timeline. I <laughs> He, he'll, he, he'll tease about that from time to time on, on social media. Is there a chance that he takes this all the way up until signing day Gosh, for his decision? I guess anything and everything's on the table with him. That's been the case for a while. But I, it does look, feel like OU's in good shape there. Yeah, for no, they are and have been. And, look, they've led that recruitment for a year and a half by a mile. They offered David Stone. Heck, it's been upwards of two years since he got the OU offer. OU has been in the pole position here for a long, long time. I don't know why David Stone has chosen to wait so long. I have a good guess as to why. I think it's more his family than him regarding what the holdup is. But, man, if he waits until National Signing Day, or even if he carries this thing in the fall, the OU staff's going to start to get pissed. You know they <laughs> yeah, will. Of course. Like, Everyone okay, wants to come on, man. Right Everybody knows where class. you're going. Yeah, for Everybody sure. Everybody understands that you want to be here. 
Put the edit out. Make the announcement already. Well, Lock in. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that Williams Winery committing, if he does on August 1st to OU, that'll get, the excitement around that will be like, – like, okay, let's seriously think about this for a second, okay? Ooh, okay. Because Winery is going to commit before David Stone is, I, at least seemingly. Stone could do anything at any minute, but it, it feels like Winery – that will be the most celebrated OU commit since when? Like, Peyton Bowen was pretty celebrated last year, right? Are we talking about even more than that, even given the circumstances? Like, since when would a commitment be celebrated this much? Caleb Williams? I Probably I, Caleb Williams. DeMarco yeah. Murray? I, I'm just I'm trying to – because of the position and everything that goes with that. Riddle me this. What if David Stone is trolling everyone? Okay, well, like, obviously he's trolling everyone to some extent. But, like, th- what if this is the manner in which he's trolling everyone? What if behind the scenes, in his own mind, he is all OU, which is, like, it's not far-fetched to believe. But what if he's so all-in with OU? What if he's so committed to making Oklahoma – the hottest ticket in college football. He's so devoted to making his decision the most magnificent event in recent history for the fan base, and he's legitimately trying to give them something to revel in for days and weeks and months thereafter. What if David Stone is just waiting for the right moment to announce his commitment to Oklahoma? And what if in his mind – the right moment to announce his commitment to Oklahoma is the exact same day as the other five-star defensive yeah. linemen. Steel Williams when Aries Thunder. That's what you do. Wouldn't steal his thunder. I'm just kidding about that. Like, what, like what, that might be the biggest single day in the history of OU football. Recruiting. I don't know how it couldn't be. If you had I two mean, defensive, two five-star <laughs> defensive linemen commit on the same day, but like, what if that's what David Stone's holding out? He for? could. I mean, I, what if he's like, a, we're going to make this the most memorable day? In the entire recruiting world in the year 2023, not not in OU recruiting, but across the entire landscape of recruiting, they, there will not be a day in the 2024 cycle that folks remember no. like August 1st, 2023, because that will be the day that the University of Oklahoma locked down the two top defensive linemen. Dylan Riola committing to Georgia was a big day this cycle, but you have maybe the number one overall player and a top ten overall player committing to the same school on the same day. Yeah, that would be the biggest moment of this entire recruiting class. And I don't know if that's on the table or not, but who knows what David Stone, that's really kind of the point here, is yeah. who knows what he has planned. I, I guess that's somewhat possible. Even if it happens the next day, it would be incredible. Yeah, it's exciting to think about, that's for sure. Um, but I, I asked, I said, um, that, that would be the biggest commitment since, and it is Joe John Finley Positivity Hour, K-Dub in the 918, you made me laugh. It'd be the biggest commit since Joe John Finley committed, <laughs> is what K-Dub says. I love that so much. Guy, just in, Chuck Norris changed his name to Little Joe John. Cam says Chuck Norris has uh, JJF's number on speed dial. So, Joe John Finley, positivity hour. It's going quite well today, wouldn't you say? It's going. It's one of our better positivity hours that we've had in quite some time. You guys are hilarious like every day, but this is some good content that you're uh, giving us on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Yeah, Drew from Flyermount says Austin Stogner is going to lead the team in receptions and touchdowns. So there you go, a Joe John huh. Finley disciple. I don't know how Boys I feel about that. Uh, I would rather it be Jalil Farouk or Andrew Anthony, at least I think. Is that a wrong way to go about it, hoping it's 
a wide receiver that leads the team in uh, receiving than a tight end? Am I wrong about that? If there ever was a year that a tight end could lead Oklahoma in receiving, this would probably be the year, wouldn't it? Well, with like all the uncertainty, sure. There's no clear wide receiver one. I just don't know if that's best-case scenario. Austin Stogner has been a regular contributor for four years at the collegiate level. Obviously, in his prime, he was one of the most dominant at the position in the nation. Yeah, there's a world in which that happens. Yeah. I mean, if he leads a team in touchdown receptions, okay, but receiving yards, I don't know if that's best-case scenario or not. All right, one final segment of Locked In coming up next. Get those texts in on the Meyer Chevrolet text line. 405-651-3439. Um, I just took a random peek yesterday at the 2025 rankings in the state of Oklahoma. Not who's ranked where in the state, but nationally. I was blown away by some of these numbers. We'll tell you about that coming up next right here on The Ref. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune. Bob Stoops joins us next hour at his normal Tuesday spots, 320. Sooner Gary says we should have Joe John recruit future defensive lineman too. Uh, best case scenario for receiving leaders is a texture in the 918. Whatever Joe John Finley says it is. Mark in Newcastle says Joe John eats Carolina Reapers for fun and farts napalm for show. Sooner James in Wisconsin. Giraffes didn't exist until Joe John Finley roundhouse kicked a horse in the neck. Oh, buddy. <laughs> you guys are uh, amazing. The creativity oh, it's is off, off the charts off today. Off the charts today. Okay, so 24-7 sports took a peek at the 2025 State of Oklahoma rankings. Yeah. Dude, like, I, okay. Mm-hmm. And these rankings obviously are subject to change. Mm-hmm. C.J. Nixon, a four-star from Weatherford, mm-hmm. ranked as the number 26 overall player nationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate Roberts, the Notre Dame commits, number 55 nationally. Jaden Nickens, number 124 nationally. The way it sits right now, there's a chance Oklahoma could have three top 100 players for 2025. Man. Well, you didn't even mention another guy that could be a potential top yes, 100 player correct. in Oklahoma's quarterback commit, yes. Kevin Sperry. Yep. Which I, I think, think he will be. Yeah, as of right now, he's like the number six player in the state of Oklahoma. I, which it, we're it, talking yes. about Kevin Sperry. In what that other year? Me. In what other year are we talking about Kevin Sperry? I know it's still early, but like that right there is the biggest testament to how deep the twenty twenty five class is in the state of Oklahoma. That right now, Kevin Sperry isn't among the top five, according to the. Recruiting I was surprised rankings. to see that that he was at six. I was like, whoa, okay, that's subject to change because doesn't twenty four seven have him as, as uh, Sperry as a three star right now? Do I they really? Say? I think I think uh, maybe uh, they have him as a three star. That'll change. Yeah, but dude, C.J. Nixon from Weatherford, who my fa- my favorite thing about C.J. Nixon is always going to be that he scored his one thousandth point in high school basketball in a four to two win over Anadarko last season. <laughs> That's amazing. He's a thousandth point in a four two win over Anadarko. A lot of you will remember that basketball game. But are we legitimately talking about a guy that's a top 30 player nationally in 25 with with C.J. Nixon? My thing with C.J. Nixon is I'm not entirely sure that guy isn't going to want to play basketball. I think that's going to be the toughest sell with a kid like that. Now, he's got his family's from Alabama. I know the Alabama offer, if and when it comes, will be a big one for him. Uh, I know OU is in pretty good shape with that kid right now, but it feels like you might have to climb the fence of getting him to – walk away from basketball, at the very least de-emphasize basketball. So, I don't know. Like, it's it's early, admittedly, but right now, 
in the state of Oklahoma, there's enough talent in the 2025 class that you could conceivably see a third of Oklahoma's class come from within state lines. Seriously. Now, I will say this. There's another edge from within the state, and I don't know where he ranks amongst that group, but Alex Shield Knight out in Wagner. Be surprised if he isn't a top 250, top 300 player by the end of it all. 402, I heard Joe John painted Caleb's fingernails in the first quarter of the Red River game. 918, if Bates lands Stone slash Winery, then Joe John should still get KREF Recruiter of the Month. <laughs> uh, if Bates lands one of those, it's going to be hard to not name him KREF Recruiter of the Month. Though the race in July is going to be maybe the most exciting one to date. Joe John is the leader in the clubhouse, but if DeMarco gets a five-star running back and a four-star running back, he will be the odds-on favorite to be K-Ref Recruiter of the Month in July. Yeah, well, Caden Durham's not committing until August, so it'll be just it'll just be Taylor Tatum this month. It still might DeMarco. be good enough. Still probably good enough to tip the scales. I would give the edge to DeMarco over Joe John if that's what happens. Um, yeah, it's going to be – it. It will be a hotly contested race for K Ref Recruiter of the Month. We might have to, we might get down to the final day of the month and have to turn to the polls once again. Well, and so. we did, and then a late commit for Emmett Jones won outs, you know? <laughs> I know. Emmett Jones got to commit within the final twelve hours of the month of June, and we really had no choice but to hand him the crown. How about uh I'm not saying that the narrative has shifted, but you know, there are certain assistant coaches that they get some uh, mean text on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, and Joe John was one of those a few weeks ago. Not anymore, right? Not anymore. Now everybody was like, "Well, what is Joe Oklahoma going to do if they don't get Devon Mitchell?" Joe John's screwing mm. up the recruiting class once again, <laughs> and then Oklahoma got Devon Mitchell, and conveniently, none of those people can be found these days hey, on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text. One line. more thing before we get out of here: interesting tweet by Harrison Utley out of Norman North, oh, basically yeah? saying. Hey, I grew up in Norman. My dream was to go to OU. Recently, I was given an amazing opportunity to play at OU, but I'm sticking at Kansas. And the photo was <laughs> him uh, standing on Owen Field. Would so, not have like, imagined okay. that would have been the case in a million years. I figured as soon as Harrison Utley got the Oklahoma offer, he was a Sooner. But, hey, I mean, guess you tip your cap to Lance Leipold. Well, maybe they'll keep working on him. I mean, if he's going to put out a tweet like that saying, it's been my dream, here's a photo of me at Owen Field. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens down the stretch, I guess. All right, The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked in The Ref.